Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like and share, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot, helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It is 6.19 a.m. East Coast time. It is Saturday, October 26th. I hope you're all having a great start to your weekend. And yes, we have a very healthy and very good nine game, similar to yesterday, NBA DFS slate today. I will be breaking it down. But before we get into that, welcome to the channel. If you are indeed new here and welcome to the podcast, if you're listening on the audio version, my name is Salvatri. I do indeed cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets right here. We have a nine game. NBA Saturday slate. Saturday usually attracts more viewership. Uh, Obviously, more people have time to look at this stuff. Um, A lot more to do, not working, all that type of stuff. So if you are indeed viewing this for maybe the first time, hit the subscribe button if you get any value from it. I really appreciate it. We crushed through 13,500 subscribers on to 14,000, on to 15,000. Seems like somewhat of a milestone. So thank you all. I greately, greatly appreciate it. In the description below for the people that are new or people that might be interested, you can find a link to my exclusive content for NBA. I do a, I give out my model and along with that comes player projections, um, access if you decide to go up to a tier to our Discord, things of that nature. Uh, depending on which tier you purchase, you can look at those all down below. I also have MB or NFL content. Spend a lot of time each week on that. You can follow me on my social media accounts as well at Salvetri DFS on Twitter, Salvetri on Instagram, and Salvetri Facebook page. So those are the main things. Hit the subscribe button, check out the exclusive content, and follow me on my socials if you do indeed wish to. Let's get into the slate, but right before we do, I just want to say, I mean, last night. I mean, it was just a vintage NBA night. You play the stars, you play the scrubs, you play the centers. Look, if you're new to the NBA DFS, just get as many centers in your lineup as possible. But Sal, I can only fit two. There's only one center position and a flex. No, centers will squeeze into the power forward spot. A lot of power forward slash centers will fit into the forward and power forward spot. Get three to four centers into your lineups. Start putting power forwards into your small forward spot. What does that mean? Well, guys that are playing the four power forward, but they can be eligible to play in DraftKings as a small forward slash power forward. Get them in there because anybody who plays closer to the rim and is bigger is going to score more points more times than not. Night one of the NBA, Kyrie Irving tried to hold it down for the guards and score 70 with Carl Anthony Towns and Andre Drummond. It's not going to end up like that. As always, as you saw last night where Jokic goes for 66 and Towns goes for 82. And Towns pretty much only plays three quarters and goes for 82. Uh, The guy had 80 points after three, checked back in and really didn't do much in the fourth quarter because he didn't have to and checked back out, not playing a full range of minutes in that fourth quarter. Maybe he did, but probably got cut off by a minute or two. Just play centers. Play very good centers in good spots, i.e. Andre Drummond the first couple of nights when he was underpriced, i.e. last night, Carl Anthony Towns. If for some reason you were not on Carl Anthony Towns last night, and then you saw the news that Bismack Biombo was going to be starting for Charlotte, and you still told yourself, nah, not a good spot for Towns, can't pay up for him, too expensive. Man, that offense this year is going to run through Carl Anthony Towns. If they were a team that would actually win games and be a winning team this year, or at least make the playoffs, if they can do that, Carl Anthony Towns is going to be a real MVP candidate because they've already said that we just want the entire offense to run through him. We want this guy to be in the Jokic role this year, and it looks like he's going to be where he almost had a triple-double last night, just missing out on the assists, I think, by one or two. I think he had 37, 15, like eight. Um, that guy is going to be averaging stats this year that are crazy into the 30s, into the 12 plus rebound range, and somewhere into the six assist range. It's going to be Jokic type numbers. Um, he's going to be fantastic. But anyways, moving on to this slate. Uh, NBA has been great, and we get another really good slate on a, on a Saturday. Um, any slate that has been over three games, I've played cash on. Um, or actually, the first opening that I even played cash on. Um, but that is three out of three. Um, so far, we were all positive, and it's been good. Um, probably on too much of a heater right now and probably gonna get knocked off this high horse 
uh, in cash games probably tonight, but hopefully not. So with that being said, uh, injury dashboard is a lot of injuries to go over, some that are going to be very impactful, some that you might have already known about from like the last game, but for people that are just tuning in quickly, we'll hit on those. We'll go over my early interests after that, um, and before that, we'll go over target offense sheets. So Markeith Morris, he's probable. He's been dealing with his back injury, whatever it might be, a hand as well. If for some reason he ends up missing, Christian Wood becomes a really good play. But Markeith Morris is probable, has a really tough matchup against Philly. I don't want to play that against Al Horford, no shot. Um, Reggie Jackson is going to be questionable with a back injury. Again, a tough matchup against Philly. I mean, this Philly defense is going to be one that we look back on if they all stay healthy, which big if because Joel Embiid's already questionable. Um, But if they all stay healthy, it's going to be one that we look back on and say, Damn, that's a scary defense. Now, their offense, do I think they can go deep into the playoffs? Sure, defense is going to help a lot with that, but they don't really have any shooters. Oh, but Sal, Josh Richardson's a shooter. Is he a consistent shooter? No. And then who else? Ben Simmons isn't a shooter as much as he wants to be. So, I mean, we can get into that when the playoffs come closer, but it is a hole on this offense. Um, but on defense, it's a very scary spot. Don't want to play Reggie Jackson. Anyways, it will affect Derrick Rose, who we will talk about because he's still way too cheap. John Henson is going to be questionable with the groin injury. It doesn't really matter for John Henson, but if he's out, it probably makes Tristan Thompson have to play like another minute or two. He will be going up against DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner, so not a great spot for Tristan Thompson either way, um, but it'll at least increase his minutes. Mike Scott is going to be questionable. This helps Al Horford probably secure another minute or two, as well as Jonah Bolden if he misses. Joel Embiid, this is a big one. Like, if Joel Embiid's out against Detroit, well, it makes Andre Drummond a much better play. Priced up finally, Andre Drummond. That's still probably affordable, right, by maybe $500. Uh, Based on when Blake Griffin's out, he's averaging around 50 fantasy points per game, so at 9,500, he's probably too cheap today, Drummond, but... If Joel Embiid misses today for some reason, um, and he's questionable, he didn't practice this ankle injury, he didn't practice on Friday. If he misses, well, it's better for Andre Drummond, and it just opens up so much more usage for the Al Horfords of the world. He becomes a really good play at his price point. Tobias Harris becomes a good play at his price point, like everybody, right? Uh, Joel Embiid, or um, Ben Simmons is priced up a little bit, but he's priced to where he should be. He becomes a fine play. I would really want the bigs in Al Horford. Um, I really want some of Tobias Harris. And then Kyle O'Quinn will probably start for Joel Embiid if that happens. So keep an eye on that. Again, this news and this these picks or early interests that I give out here and really just talk about and not try and give out, but just try and set the stage for you. Always be checking the injury news. If you're building a lineup right now, you're going to lose tonight. I guarantee it. If you built a lineup early in the morning yesterday, you probably lost because some things, most things didn't change, but some did enough for you to have to get to certain players. But it's back to the news. You had to get to Carl Anthony Towns, in my opinion, last night. Jeremy Lamb is questionable. Um, we'll track his status. It'll affect Edmund Sun- Sumner. It'll affect Justin Holiday, Doug McDermott, a bunch of guys you really don't want to play. Paul George still out, as we know. Blake Griffin still out, as we know. And Marvin Bagley still out, as we know. Marvin Bagley last night was out. Um, Bielitsa, um, B. Jelly, he played about 28 minutes. He started at power forward. I think he would go right back to doing that. But now he has a really tough matchup against Utah. Now, Bielitsa is going to be cheap and affordable. And Rashawn Holmes played about 17 minutes. So they scored similar fantasy points. I think Rashawn Holmes barely outscored Bielitsa in like almost 11 less minutes. But um, now they have a really tough matchup against Utah. Um, probably not the spot you want to target. Uh, Utah's defense hasn't been that great. And their offense hasn't been that great so far through two games. But again, it's only two games. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, he missed yesterday. He'll be questionable. Joe Ingles didn't start in his place. Um, we'll, we'll track that, but Joe Ingles should be impacted. Troy Brown, doubtful for this game. Um, one of the pieces of Washington that they're actually excited about. <laughs> Not much to be excited there outside of paying Bradley Beal a huge contract that you already have a lot on the line in terms of contracts with John Wall. Uh, but track that. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, RHJ, groin, questionable for Toronto. Harry Giles, he's questionable. If he comes back, this actually makes everything a little bit more interesting. Again, tough matchup already for Bielitsa and Holmes. But if Giles comes back, well, there's no Marvin Bagley, so now the minutes are just going to get all split up all over the place at power forward. So if for some reason you want to play Bielitsa, you hope that Giles misses again. De'Aaron Fox hurt his hip yesterday. He played over 30 minutes in that game. He looked better than he did in the first game. 
If he, for some reason, misses, you get very low productive Corey Joseph minutes in terms of fantasy. Yogi Ferrell, who's been good in the past, so if he was to draw the spot start here, it could be sketchy because he's only played like 10 total minutes this season. And then Buddy Heald at the two or at the three spot, or maybe even the two spot, depending on where he starts. Um, we'll also see a little bit of a usage bump. Ricky Rubio fouled out yesterday, but before he did, he tweaked his knee. We'll track his status. It's kind of going under the radar. If he, for some reason, was to miss, well, Devin Booker, obviously a little bit more usage his way. Um, but overall, Tyler Johnson would have a nicer role in this offense. And his canter, we already know he's going to miss today. They told us that he'll miss the next two games about two days ago. So uh, Daniel Tice started. He got hurt. Daniel Tice is questionable. If Daniel Tice was to play and be healthy, and he came back into this game, so I expect him to. Well, then you'll have Daniel Tice starting again against New York, which is now fully healthy with Mitch Robinson playing 17 minutes last night. They're going to be on a back-to-back. Um, good amount of these teams are playing on a back-to-back tonight as they go into the weekend and they get the travel days. Uh, so Daniel Tice, he's in an okay spot, but he's kind of priced up now to 4800 where there's some other guys in this slate who I think are a little bit better in their pricing. Uh, and then if Daniel Tice was to miss, though, you have Robert Williams and Grant Williams. Grant Williams, who's a power forward, actually played some center minutes last night. He checked in for Robert Williams after Daniel Tice was still hurt, played some center minutes, and he played really well. So Robert Williams and Grant Williams would be the two guys in play to split the center minutes, probably get Robert Williams starting. If indeed Daniel Tice was to miss this one, if Daniel Tice plays, I'm not too sure I really want anybody from there. I think you have better options. Tice is somewhat intriguing, but not much. Cam Johnson's supposed to miss again, um, with the, or he's questionable, but he might miss again with an ankle injury. And then just to remind everybody, DeAndre Ayton is out. And as we talked about yesterday, Aaron Baines and Frank Kaminsky, they both went for over 30 fantasy points. Aaron Baines did it in less minutes, and he went for 34. Um, really good spot for them, as DeAndre Ayton's supposed to miss 24 more games now. Um, next up, target offense sheet. So target offense sheet, you can see this black bar right here. Um, and I'll make this all black down here as well. Why not? Just to kind of get everything closed in. But you can see the black bar right there. That's just splitting up the top game. There's like a one-game showdown slate. I don't recommend anybody play it, but I'm sure people will. I'm not going to cover it. Um, but if you wanted to look at that target off and sheet for that 5 p.m. game Eastern time, there it is. The rest is the nine-game night slate. Um, so some of these totals are not out, as you can see. I will update this for the people on Patreon as, long, as well as with my model. What is your model, Sal? Well, there's projections. There's a ton of stuff on it. Um, I could actually click on it right now because I have not updated it today. This is the model from yesterday. Um, as you can see, it's going to say NA for minutes projections because I updated the new salaries, but nothing has been updated. So whenever you see a fantasy point right here, like Russell, Russell who is it? Bradley Beal says he's going to score 42. None of this is updated. These are minutes projections from yesterday. These are defense versus position for the team they played yesterday, but this is what the model looks like. And then I break it down by just taking the players' names, my interest, yes or no, in, or, and, then, and then the projected points. And I put that on Patreon as well as this model, as well as the target offense sheet. So that's good that I can show it because I had not done the projections yet for today. I usually do those a little bit in the afternoon after I finish all the minutes projections, take some time. Um, so some of these totals are not out yet, so that's going to impact as well my projections. I use Vegas totals, so I have to wait on those anyways. Probably be out in a couple, hopefully, hours. But Detroit and Philly, look, Detroit, um, you're going to have, and we'll look at this, but you're going to have a brutal matchup against Philly. Not a great spot. Philly last year was already pretty much good across the board, like really good across the board at every single position in terms of defending them. Reggie Jackson's questionable. Don't really want him. Derrick Rose is still in the 4K range. He's played 30, or he scored 30 plus fantasy points in back-to-back games, and he's played a lot of minutes, and Reggie Jackson continues to battle injuries. He's left each of the first two games. It doesn't shock me if Reggie Jackson misses and you get Derrick Rose starting at point guard. Now, yes, it's a terrible matchup, but if Derrick Rose is going to heave up double-digit shots and he's only $4,900 and we know that he'll get active in the rebounding spot, then yeah, I think I like Derrick Rose, especially if indeed, even in a tough matchup, if indeed Reggie Jackson's out. We'll talk about that in a second. Look, Joel Embiid is questionable. If he's out, Kyle Quinn becomes an interesting spot start against a Detroit defense that's lacking. Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond's not known for his defense all that much. 
So it's a decent spot. Gets me more interested in Al Horford. Al Horford being there as the power forward, just fantastic defender, makes his defense even better. Don't really want to play Markeith Morris, who's been injured against him. Andre Drummond, I still have interest in at 9,500. It's just not secure interest right now, and we'll get to that because pretty much how do you have secure interest if Joel Embiid goes out there and then Al Horford, two of the better defenders at their positions, two of top five defenders at each of their positions, Horford power forward and then center Joel Embiid. How do I go there and play Andre Drummond against those guys who, sure, he's going to play 35 minutes or so now with a day of rest. Um, but like what, this is three games in five days now, I think it is for them. Um, or they started on what Tuesday at yeah, three games in five days. So there's a chance he still sees a little bit of a minutes restriction. But the biggest piece is that it's just a very, very scary spot um, for Andre Drummond on offense. Now Joel Embiid is out. Yeah, I really like my chances with Yes, Al Horford's still there as a as an issue, but I like my chances a lot better for Andre Drummond against Kylo Quinn. Some other games. So if we're just looking at pace from last year, uh, the game that stands out is Utah versus Sacramento. I mean, Sacramento's going to continue to play at a crazy pace. Keep an eye on De'Aaron Fox's injury. Keep an eye on guys like Harry Giles, because that'll just muck up all the power forward minutes. Uh, the Dwayne Dedman minutes have not been there as, as much of late. You've seen Rashawn Holmes been getting those. I think Rashawn Holmes has 17 minutes. Um, a lot of those might have been backup center still. So keep an eye on that because Marvin Bagley plays backup center minutes. I'll go check in, check back on that, make sure it's all updated and it will be reflected in the minutes projections. But Sacramento versus Utah. I mean, two games that we've seen Utah's, Utah's offense just look really, really bad. I mean, we've seen normal 32 minutes or so out of Rudy Gobert, he's still priced in the AK range. He's just not, not doing anything on offense. And pretty much the entire team, for the most part, isn't doing anything on defense. Mike Conley is now shooting through two games. He increased his um, 6% shooting percentage from game one to a 25 or 23% shooting percentage to game two. So obviously, it's just a little bit of a rut. He's in to start the season new team, whatever it might be, but it's not good right now on both sides of the ball, uh, which, hap- which happens to help Sacramento. If the Aaron Fox is out, yeah, I really like Buddy Heald in the situation as a guy who just takes over for the offense in terms of there's no Marvin Bagley, there's, there would be no De'Aaron Fox. It looks very good for um, uh, Buddy Heald in that spot, a guy who's been pretty consistent throughout his career when it comes to fantasy, always priced in the upper 6K range and pretty much delivers you a, a low to mid-30s performance, but with the ceiling of a 50-point game. Other spots that stand out, and just in terms of the totals we have right now, I mean, it's really hard not to um, point out on this slate, Houston having a 124 and a half total. Yeah, I want pieces of that. Yeah, you should be going out of your way to get pieces of Houston today, or at least one piece of it, i.e. James Harden or Russ. Look, a 124 and a half team total, the next closest is 117 and a half. Like, I think I might have this wrong, but I don't. They're facing New Orleans, who, I mean, we know New Orleans' defense is nothing there. Drew Holiday can try on defense. Lonzo Ball will not play defense. Brandon Ingram will not play defense. This is a very beneficial spot. Josh Hart is going to get a lot of minutes, and he's not the best defender in terms of stopping James Harden or Russ Westbrook. So this is a really good spot for Houston. And it's reflected as a 10-point favorite against New Orleans. Um, yeah, I like Houston a lot here in terms of picking pieces. And here's the thing with Houston. Like, you shouldn't be trying to get three or four of them. And you really shouldn't try and do that for any team. The main pieces you want are Rush Westbrook and James Harden. I mean, we saw both of their stat lines. They're each stuffing the stat boxes with assists and rebounds. And the problem with Steven Adams in the past couple of years in Oklahoma City, the last two, and especially last year, was Russ Westbrook triple-double machine steals all his rebounds. Well, now you have James Harden, who is going to get a ton of assists a game with Russ Westbrook. They're getting a ton of assists a game, mainly working off each other probably and now you're getting Russell Westbrook into the mix to steal rebounds from guys like Clint Capella and PJ Tucker the only guys and even if there's value the only real guys I want in Houston are James Harden and Russell Westbrook and that shouldn't shock anybody but there's going to be people who tell me oh but I want PJ Tucker because he's 3,500 or whatever he is on this slate PJ Tucker's upside comes from nailing a couple of corner threes and securing like eight to nine rebounds he's not going to do that when Russell Westbrook is on the floor these guys who are already low usage and Eric Gordon now moving to the bench these already low usage guys are going to be even more low usage like Chris Paul last year in Houston turned to Russell Westbrook this year is much worse for everybody else out there 
even even James Harden, but I mean, Harden's still going to get his. But Chris Paul's a guy who passes first. He's a very high assist guy. His assist numbers went down because James Harden was taking over at the point on a lot of those drives, right? And just pretty much pulling up and shooting or driving and getting to the um, getting to the line. This year, Russell Westbrook, he's not looking to um, be a, a pass first point guard. And if he is, it's probably to James Harden. He's looking to score and get offensive and defensive rebounds. So 124 team total. Don't overthink it. James Harden is probably the first priority there. And then Russell Westbrook um, and James Harden price point way, way too low right now. Other spots that seem interesting to me, um, yeah, there, there's not a, not a ton of totals that just whoppingly stand out outside of that one right now. We'll see if anything changes. I do like Sacramento's 114 point, or San Antonio's 114.75 team total today, but they're pretty big favorites, and they should be. Washington's offense is terrible outside of Bradley Beal, and Washington's defense is terrible outside of who? <laughs> like, it's a really bad defense. It's going to be about, probably a bottom 10 defense in the league. I don't know. I don't really know right now if it's going to be bottom five. You'll have to see when Troy Brown comes back if he's increased his defense after his first year last year. But yeah, they're 11 and a half point um, favorites. It's the biggest on the slate as of right now. It's one, one and a half points better than Houston's advantage against New Orleans. So it's a little bit worrisome, but you get a really good matchup for Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, he's going to play a lot of his minutes at the center against Thomas Bryant. Really good matchup for Lamarcus Aldridge. He'll play a good amount of his minutes at the four against Rui, who's been playing really good as of late, but um, a first-year player in the league in Rui is not going to be um, probably the best defensive matchup um, for or the best defensive opponent for the Marcus Aldridge. So like Aldridge there, in theory, you should be liking DeMar DeRozan. I just prefer to get bigs at the same price point than DeMar DeRozan, even in a really good matchup. So there's spots there that you can exploit. And let's just get into the early interest because these are a couple spots. And after another week or so, I will update the defense versus position and the pace numbers for this season because obviously that's very important looking at the season sample. But I don't want to be working with a three-game sample because it's going to sway our opinions way too much. And I'm not really factoring in this stuff all too much from last year. I'm kind of using some sort of a weight from the past couple of years, including some of the games from this year. So these are now my early interests. And you can see they're a little bit color-coded today just to kind of clarify some things if indeed I don't touch on them, which I'm sure I will. But these are early interests. And once again, once again as everybody knows, uh, my early interests are not my picks. I'm making this video t- over 12 hours before lock. Um, everything changes in the NBA in terms of news. Now, some of these guys, nothing will change in terms of injury status. They're in good spots. I like them at their price point, whatever, whatever. And that's fine. You can go ahead and play them. Some of these things are going to change based on news. Some of them are colored in a different spot. And some of them, if you're listening on the audio version, I'll point out which ones are colored as red for stop and wait for and see, which ones are in yellow as you need to see something as well. But either way, you can maybe play them, things like that. Um, so yeah, I'll go through these and I'll make sure to kind of verbalize a lot of this for the audio version. If you're listening on the audio version, just move the audio version onto a new platform called audio boom. doesn't really change anything for your listening experience, except that um, now it's just easier for me to upload things. There's no like limit. I had a limit on how many things I can upload. So I wasn't going to upload all the NBA podcasts or videos into podcasts, but now I am. So if you're listening on the audio version, NBA podcasts coming daily, we're five for five now in the NBA in terms of how many days and videos we've gotten them out. If you can, it helps me out a ton, whatever platform you're listening on, it doesn't just have to be iTunes. If you could hit the five star rate, um, and then if you can review it, if you're eligible to, I know you can on Stitcher, on desktop, definitely can on iTunes. You'll be entered into a giveaway for three winners announced later today um, for a free entry into Fantasy Draft. I really appreciate everybody who does that. If you're listening on the video version, it's linked up down below. Just click the quick button over to Audio Boom. It'll be it'll just say podcast page. You click that. And then right on the left side, there'll be a bunch of different places wherever you listen to your podcast. If it's Apple, if it's Spotify, if it's Stitcher, whatever it might be, it can you can click that and it'll take you there. It takes a couple seconds. You'll be entered into a contest. It also helps me out. So if you want to support me in that way, I appreciate that. 
but James Harden, my look, this is the, this is not ranked by my interest. It's it's ranked in salary. So interests are going to change. I'm not going to be interested. And I gave you people 20 on here right now. So I went really deep into it. But I mean, if you're playing a lot of lineups, your player pool for our NBA should be about at least probably right around double this. It should be 35 or 40 most nights. Um, you can argue with me on a bigger slate. It should be higher. But on a nine game slate, I feel comfortable probably around the 35 range. Um, but yeah, so right now 20 players, they're going to change. There's other guys that I know that I like, and I just didn't fit them on this list because I don't want to be sitting here, um, for an hour telling you about players on a one game or on a, on a one day slate, but James Harden at 10 to, we already talked about how nice of a matchup this is. New Orleans, I doubt they play any defense all season this year. Um, Lonzo Ball as a primary defender on James Harden for parts of this game is not scaring me on defense. No, it's, it's just not going to be scaring me. That team total is too hard to ignore. And James Harden price point is too hard to ignore. Look, I get it. Russell Westbrook's there to take away a lot of usage, but he's still going to be the main primary usage guy in this team in terms of James Harden. Russ Westbrook wants to take usage away, but it seems so far through the preseason, through a lot of the media coming out of Houston and through game one, that these guys are fine to play off of each other, but that Russ knows that, as he should, that this is James Harden's team. And that, you saw that in that game in terms of some bigger shots that James Harden was hitting and really just in terms of controlling the point. Uh, Andre Drummond at 9,500. He's listed in red for people in the audio version. He's an interest right now, but I need to see Joel Embiid out to have any interest. I don't want to be playing Andre Drummond with a increased price tag, although still affordable uh, for what he can do. If he scores 50, he crushes that price tag, and he's been averaging 50 with Blake Griffin out, and Blake Griffin's out. But against Joel Embiid and Al Horford in this probably best defense in the league, top two or three defense in the league, if not best, um, it's tough to really want to get there. If I see Joel Embiid is out and Kyle O'Quinn is in, I, I like getting there more. It doesn't mean that you have to force him in, though, because, again, it's still a tough defense. Kemba Walker, I played Kemba last night, and I was very concerned at halftime when he had like 12 points. He absolutely erupted as Boston came back in that game against the Raptors. Didn't absolutely erupt, but I guess he scored over 40 fantasy points and getting uh, like 75% of that production in the second half. And he's still too cheap. Look, his price, pack, price tag comes up $400, but he's going to go up against Alfred Payton today. Okay. Dennis Smith Jr. off the bench for some of his minutes. All right. R.J. Barrett, a rookie that clearly is not establishing himself as a defensive presence as of yet. And uh, rookies won't. But yeah, I'll take my Kemba Walker going into MSG, a, a classic Boston, New York Celtics rival game, rivalry game. Uh, but Kemba just going into MSG. I like this spot for him. Defensive matchup really isn't there. I'll, play, I'll, I'll go right back to him on a back to back. I'm not too concerned. Marcus Aldridge, we talk about against Washington. You can probably find better bigs if you pay a little bit more. But if you're hovering in the 7K range, there's a couple of guys that are powerful, that forward eligible. It's Aldridge, and it's the next guy on the list in Sabonis. Sabonis' matchup is really good. I mean, Cleveland was a league bad defense last year, but they also had Tristan Thompson out for most of the year, Kevin Love out for most of the year. Um, now both those guys are going to be back, so it might be a little bit of a tougher matchup for Sabonis. But Kevin Love is no like fantastic defender. I mean, people get a little bit confused because he was like the only defender for a couple of years when he was with... Um, when he was just back in the day with Memphis and whoever else. But now he's, he's, he's not that type of um, defender, and he really never was. He was just masked up a little bit. But um, with that being said, Sabonis is in a fine spot at 7,500. I think I like Aldridge at 77. I'm going to break down into the 7K range a little bit deeper. I always look for the bigs over the point guards there just because I think they're, they are going to score more points over the long haul. Um, so maybe I choose one of those guys today for the cash lineup, but I'll, I'll look into it. It'll be updated on Patreon in my interests. Uh, Kyle Lowry at 7,300. Look, the price tag doesn't come up enough. I played Kyle, Kyle Lowry last night in a lot of spots. Look, Kyle Lowry, when there's no Kawhi Leonard, and before Kawhi Leonard got there, he was always a fantastic guard. He was a guard that should have been close to $8,000 more times than not. If, if you're 7,300 and more times than not, you're going out there scoring 35 fantasy points, you're, you're crushing that price tag as a median. And then if you have your ceiling games, like we saw last night, over 40 points, and that's really not even the ceiling, you do well. And people are going to say, oh, but Siakam, Siakam's out there to take away his usage. Both these guys can do well. 
they're the two main guys in this offense. Like uh, they're going to get all the usage, and we've now seen that with Siakam going for a damn near forty-five plus in each of the first two games, and Kyle Lowry being able to still get to a forty-plus point game. I like Lowry. Miles Leonard's in a really good spot against Cleveland. Look, Tristan Thompson might be there and healthy. Still a really good spot for Leonard, who had a fantastic game playing us alongside of Sabonis. It really was successful. I don't know how long that lasts, but Sabonis at the four and my uh, Miles Turner at the five. The problem, again, with Turner is he's only center eligible, so you have to just use one of your center or flex spots on just him. Um, and on a slate today where you have an injured Joel Embiid, Andre Drummond priced up against Philly, uh, maybe you do go there. Uh, RJ Barrett, I love this rookie, man. Um, look, I love him for fantasy purposes because he's he's going to play like 35 minutes a game. And due to the fact that he's going to play a ton of minutes, I think he's the rookie of the year. Like, I think he ends up being the rookie of the year. Look, Zion Williamson, I don't think he's going to be eligible to win Rookie of the Year when he misses half of the games this year. I just don't think so. Um, he has to be really dominant to do that. John, John Morant, I would think, would win Rookie of the Year, but so far through two games, they just don't feel a need to play him more than like 26 minutes or play him 30 minutes. If that's the case and he doesn't have enough minutes, RJ Barrett, just in terms of stat numbers, like at the end of the year, how many rebounds, how many assists, pure points that this guy has are going to be higher than all the other rookies because he's playing 35 to 36 minutes a game um, on a team that just is going to give him usage because they have to. They don't really have anybody else out there. John Morant's in a similar spot. They're just when you have Joe Val get healthier and really right now for the most part, he's just not playing big minutes. People are going to get probably triggered and say, no, Zion Williamson. Uh, Zion Williamson's out for half the year, or he probably will be when he comes back and then just normal maintenance in terms of other injuries or just rest days. He's going to miss like half the year probably at best for the guy who's going to miss right now six to eight weeks. Um, it's really hard to win rookie of the year when you miss half the year when other guys are going to have like a full year of stats in there. So yeah, like RJ Barrett, like his price tag has come up now and he was pretty poor to start the first quarter yesterday, but he just came on. If you're going to be on the court as one of the main priorities of your offense, top five pick this year in the draft, and you're still in the 6K range, and that, honestly, the 5K range was just a steal for him. I think I like it. Um, he's just playing way too many minutes. And yes, he's going to be li- listed as a point guard slash shooting guard. Put him into your shooting guard spot if you play him, because he's a guy who's going to be active around the rim as well. Tobias Harris, I have listed in yellow. I like Tobias Harris a lot more, and also Al Horford should be on here. But I like both these guys if Joel Embiid is out. If Joel Embiid is in, I like Tobias Harris a little bit, but no Al Horford, and I probably don't get the Tobias Harris. Montrez Harrell today against Phoenix, who once again, is probably this year going to be an even more uh, points given up to the center position. Aiton was terrible last year, but he's a rookie who should have improved on his defense, but we're not going to get to see that for uh, a month or two now because of the suspension, probably two months, if not more, for 20, 24 more games. So Frank Kaminsky and Aaron Baines are now going to have to go up against Montrez Harrell for parts of this game, and also Zubak, so we can put Zubak on this list if you want to value play, um, but I like Harrell's upside there. Uh, Kelly Oubre, look, Kelly Oubre should just be a guy that you continue to play until his price point comes up another $500 or more. Um, I've now played at Kelly Oubre every single night, and that's two nights, but he's averaging 40 fantasy points, 39 and 40 in the first two games, and now he gets the Clippers, who it should be a pace-up spot. It should be a spot where he's just going to be gunning it. Look, yeah, obviously Devin Booker's out there. Ricky Rubio's there. We'll see if he's healthy today. But with no Aiton, like the second primary scorer on this team right behind Booker is Oubre. He's been fantastic. This kid just keeps improving. Obviously, an injury last year ends his career or ends his season early, uh, but $6,000 is a very favorable price point for a guy who just active everywhere he'll he'll he'll, 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 he will put stats up in the steals column obviously points rebounds maybe not so much as assists but he'll get those as well uh Rui against San Antonio it's a scary spot but he's still too cheap like he's a power forward so a really good spot to roster in your lineups he'll fit into three different spots power forward forward and center or power forward forward and flex he's 5100 but now he gets to go up against Lamarcus Aldridge for a good amount of this game uh Rudy Gay for a good amount of this game some veterans that are obviously have size and also defensive skills in a um 
in that San Antonio defense. It's a scary spot, but Rui has been really good through two games. Um, he's looked good. They're trying to put the offense through him a little bit. I have him listed in yellow. Derrick Rose, I like a ton, even in this matchup, if indeed Reggie Jackson's out. I like Derrick Rose to play over 30 minutes, and at that point, he's a point-per-minute producer more times than not, even in this matchup. At 4,900, he crushes the price. If Reggie Jackson plays and Derrick Rose is coming off the bench, I think you temper your expectations a little bit, but you still know that at 4,900 and then probably coming off the bench and playing some of Philly's second unit, you have an upside there in him. Aaron Baines is 4,800. I prefer over Aaron Baines, Frank Kaminsky for cheaper. Frank Kaminsky came off the bench for Aaron Baines yesterday, but Frank Kaminsky outscored him in a little bit less minutes, but still played good minutes. Both are in play once again as Aiton's going to miss and a good matchup against the Clippers. Kobe White. We talked about Kobe White on yesterday's video. He's on a back-to-back now. He came out, scored 37 fantasy points last night. This rookie has been fantastic. He's pretty much going to be the point guard in no time. Like Thomas Sadoransky is filling the shoes, and I think Thomas Sadoransky is a good point guard filling the shoes right now, but Kobe White will take over as the point guard very soon. Um, He's still too cheap at his price tag. He's going to continue to come off the bench. He gets a matchup against Toronto, which is scary. Like, I don't think you want to be going to him today, Um, but he's on here because if he comes off the bench, he'll get a lot of Toronto's second unit, but when he's playing guys like OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, and Kyle Lowry, it's going to be a much tougher matchup than he's had in the past couple of days. So I'm going to make Kobe White from a green to a yellow as we listen to this and watch this. Because the matchup is tough, although if he comes off the bench, he'll face a lot of second unit, which reduces that. Robert Williams and Grant Williams, Boston centers, you can say, power forward slash centers, they're in yellow. Um, really, they should probably be in red, because if indeed Daniel Dice Tice plays today, I don't really have much interest in these guys, uh, in Robert Williams, and definitely not Grant Williams. Some interest in Daniel Tice, I guess, um, but for right now, if Daniel Tice misses, Robert Williams and Grant Williams, Grant Williams being only 3,200, William, Robert Williams being 4,400, becomes somewhat interesting, but I think you could find much better plays in the slate. I just wanted to mention that they are in play if Daniel Tice is out. Frank Kaminsky talked about him. Um, yeah, so uh, Bielitsa, he's $4,000. He played 28 minutes last, yesterday at Power Forward. Gets a tough draw now against Utah. Um, I think it's still a fine spot for him because of the price tag, if indeed Harry Giles misses. If Harry Giles is in, well, now you're going to have those Power Forward minutes and the center minutes all split up, and you probably see like a reduction of four to five, maybe even eight minutes for Bielitsa, which then I don't want to play him if he's playing 20 minutes. I want to play him when he's playing close to 30. Josh Hart I put on here because Josh Hart has now played a big role in New Orleans offense. He's averaging so far this season close to, well, he's averaging through two games, 27 minutes per game, 26 and 28 minutes he's played. He's 3,600, and look, he shot really well week game one, so I was like, okay, he shot well. I don't really want to pay for a low 3K player if he's relying on shooting. Last game, he didn't shoot well, and he picked up nine rebounds, picked up a couple of assists, picked up a couple of stocks. So yeah, he's $3,600. I probably don't get to him if I'm being honest with you, but in a game where it's going to be half pace, high scoring with Houston, and he's 3,600, probably in line to play over 25 minutes once again. Uh, might be a little bit scoring dependent, but we know that he can pick up spots or pick up rebounds and, and some other peripherals. Um, yeah, I, I do like Josh Hart a little bit. He's at least an early interest as of right now. So that's 20 players. Name 20 players, kind of threw in an Al Horford for 21 if Joel Embiid's out. So that's a lot of players right there. I will put it back to the injury dashboard for the people watching on YouTube. Appreciate you tuning in. Um, it should be a, a fun su- Saturday, right? It's nice that NBA is back to get you college football. If you like college football, then into the NBA uh, and then tomorrow, obviously NFL. I'll be back tomorrow live at 11 a.m. Eastern time before the NFL slate locks to answer any questions. I also have my cash games here for the NFL up today. Appreciate you tuning in. Um, be sure to follow me on the Twitter at DFS. Check out my exclusive content on Patreon linked up down below. We'll have the projections and the model out for NBA today as well as cash game tiers for NFL. And then all the NFL stuff will be officially released for the week. You can check it all out. If you want to just know what's in the Patreon, I opened up last week's Patreon uh, content, so you can click on that from NFL, and I opened up last night's NBA model, and you can click on that just to see what you're kind of getting. So appreciate you tuning in. My name's Sal. You already know that.
Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you can please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.